Broadcasting live from the Business Radio X studios in Chattanooga, Tennessee, it's time for Chattanooga Business Radio. Now, here are your Business Radio X hosts. Hello and welcome to another exciting and informative edition of Chattanooga Business Radio. I'm your host today, Ryan McPherson, and we're broadcasting live from the Hamilton County Business Development Center here on the north shore of downtown Chattanooga. Make sure you're following us on Twitter at Business Radio X, and today we're using the hashtag Chattanooga Business Radio. You can connect with us there, send us questions or comments, how you like the show, or what else uh, is going on with you. We've got a great lineup of guests here today, so let's briefly say hello to them. First to my radio left is Jack Studer. Good morning, Jack. Good morning. How are you doing, sir? Doing well. Thanks for having me. I think it's good afternoon now, so I, I should have uh, messed up there. So good afternoon, Jack. You are the general partner of Chattanooga Renaissance Fund, as well as other things. Uh, is that right? Absolutely, yeah. We've got a lot going on here in Chattanooga. So you're going to be talking about Chattanooga Renaissance Fund today? Yeah, we'll talk about that a little bit. Uh, probably hit on lamppost for a bit. And, okay. Uh, then tell you a little bit about Torch. Excellent. Look forward to hearing that, so please stay with us as we also introduce Amanda Carmichael. She is co-owner of Mace Carmichael. How are you doing, Amanda? Great, great. Uh, what do you do for folks? So we are a full-service public relations agency. been based here in Chattanooga for the past six years. PR firm, mm-hmm. right? Is there any particular industry you'd like to work with? Not necessarily. I mean, we've kind of... Um, We've got a really good grasp on the local market and more and more um, new businesses and lots of nonprofits, but some national companies as well. Very good. Well, we look forward to learning more about that in detail. So please stay tuned. And let's turn our attention to our leadoff interview is Rana Renee Jackson. She is executive director of Chatech. Is that right? That's right. All right. Tell us about that, please. Well, Chatech is a new term. Excuse me. I have a little bit of a cold. And um, we have we are Chattanooga's Technology Council. And the term Technology Council is not unique to Chattanooga. We're part of a nationwide network. And we rebranded recently under the Chatech term because there is so much identification with Cha as a prefix here in Chattanooga. We use it quite a bit around town to signify not only our pride and our location, but just to connect ourselves to the community. And so we rebranded under Chatech, and we're in the midst of quite a bit of a change associated with that with not only our brand, our logo, and how we go to market to serve our members and sponsors. And Chatech, formerly Chattanooga Technology Council, how long has the organization been around? It's been around about 12 years. I would say the first 10 years of that, it operated primarily as a technology club where people got together and talked about technology. And in the last couple of years, it's really changed more to serve the business environment through the use of technology. Okay, and I understand that Chatech is a member association. Is that right? It is. We offer uh, value to our members because we help connect them not only to each other, but within the 12 different industry verticals that we serve. So our members uh, come from a wide array of businesses, and they all have a common interest in how technology is driving their business. So anyone can be a member. Absolutely. And is the business a member or is certain people within that business, uh, the member of the organization? Historically, we've offered both. We've had individual memberships and we've had corporate memberships. Uh, We are changing as a part of our rebrand and our go-to-market strategy for 2016 to just be listed under corporate memberships. However, you can have a IT member base of zero to, you know, 20 for Mm -hmm. one pricing. And we're beginning to adopt a pricing model that's similar to how Chamber of Commerce is do it, where we will look at your local IT uh, firm individual headcount, right? So big companies that are our enterprise companies, 
they may have a very small local IT presence, and so their member pricing would only be based on that local IT presence. I see. And so why the change and, and why now? Well, I think uh, why now is really as the Chattanooga technology scene has exploded across, you know, a really wide array of um, different types of companies, and in particular in the startup area, our membership has always been historically the enterprise companies, the large employers here in town. And so trying to bring all of that together under the brand is both why now and why we're doing it in general. I see, I see. And, and so Cha Tech has been around a while, but as the city grows and, and the business community grows, you're trying to just serve that community in, in, in the same way, but with a, a different name. Yeah, I would say um, serve it more deeply. I okay. mean, we've doubled our programming in uh, from what we offered this year to what's on deck for 2016. And we have really begun to look across the um, deep tapestry of the IT companies here and have something that appeals to all those different sectors, whether you're a startup or whether you're an enterprise, whether you're a sole proprietorship. There's a quite um, a broad grouping of services that we're able to offer. We're speaking with Ronna Renee Jackson, Executive Director of Chatech. They're located right here in the Hamilton County Business Development Center and uh, right next door to us, as a matter of fact. We're neighbors here. So uh, let's talk about the programs that you offer uh, and, and tell me a little bit about those or what's your biggest program that, you, that you're helping folks with? I would say probably um, we, have, we offer things around connect, invest, promote, and grow. That's our business model. Connect, so, invest, promote, and grow. Right. Okay. So we are connecting the Chattanooga technology community, and we do that in a wide array of means. Primarily, we have monthly luncheons where we bring in speakers and topics, again, related to the broad IT industry. So we might talk about trends that you're seeing across IT from a CIO perspective, or we may have a deep dive on big data or cybersecurity. October happens to be Cybersecurity Awareness Month, so we had a big focus last week at our luncheon about what's happening in cybersecurity trends. So we do these connect lunches to bring people together. We have Chatech women. We have Chatech uh, executive leaders, so there's some special interest groups related to that. We also uh, help connect about 12 or 15 different user groups that happen independently from the Tech Council, but across the community. And we'll put all that information on our website so that essentially people can come to us and be able to connect within the tech community across any of the different platforms that we have. So our programming is a lot around connect, but we invest in our workforce development efforts. We have quite a significant scholarship presence. We gave out about $10,000 in scholarship last year to college juniors and seniors that are majoring in STEM-related fields and have committed to stay in this area. So that's a really big um, factor for us because our members tell us that recruiting and retention are the biggest issues that they're facing and trying to have a qualified workforce pipeline. So we invest heavily in that through mentors and through scholarship. And if we're doing connecting and we're investing and we promote Chattanooga as a great place to be doing business, we're doing all of that, then we're helping grow the local economy. So that's our business model, connect, invest, promote, and grow. And is are you funded by your memberships uh, or where else do you receive funding from? Uh, we receive funding only from members and sponsors. And so that's a real testament to the value that we're delivering because we've been slowly growing. I've been with the Tech Council about two, oh, almost three years now, just full time last year and this year. And we've really seen a growth in our sponsors and our members. 
And I think um, it's because we're really in tune with what they're looking for. We just completed a member survey. What kind of programs are you interested in next year? And we're real responsive to that and able to adapt how we go to market to meet our members and sponsors' needs. Yeah, connecting the, the community here um, is definitely a good deed, but it doesn't seem hard to connect folks here in Chattanooga because everyone knows everybody. And But this business community is so supportive of one another, too. Um, uh, is there anyone out there who's not aware of what uh, Chattech has to offer, and, and how can we make them aware? Oh, I'm sure there are lots of people that aren't aware. I would love it if everyone was a member or a yeah. sponsor, but... Um, you know, we, we make them aware through all of the typical channels. We have a big social media presence, and we um, attend and, and su- support and sponsor other organizations, and we have their support back. So it is a very um, nice business community to be a part of. We all know each other, mm-hmm. and I think that's a really important and differentiating factor for doing business in Chattanooga. You can come here and get plugged in relatively quickly and know where to go and who you need to meet and people are happy to make that happen and it's a very supportive culture there's not a lot of competition going on and trying to put the other business out of out of business it seems that even if you're in that same industry there's lots of support for one another is that something you find as as you're reaching out to some of your members oh absolutely i think uh you know it's the old expression as the tide rises the boats all float and it's the same everyone here is rooting for each other and we're well grounded in a Chattanooga success story. And I think that's really important so that we're trying to make each other successful and then we're all successful together. Yeah, and this is a great place for that to be happening. There's a, a buzz in the air. We were here a couple weeks ago for the startup week and everybody was just uh, smiling and, and having a good time and, and really connecting with new and, and like-minded individuals. And uh, and that's what we like to do here at Business Radio X as well. Just help get that word out, help connect people and, and be that voice of business here in Chattanooga. Uh, so remind our listeners, you can follow us on Twitter at Business Radio X. Make sure you use the hashtag Chattanooga Business Radio for all today's uh, messages and content. So your programs and events sound very interesting. And you have an auction event coming up, if I understand. Tell me about that, please. We do have an auction. It's one of our primary fundraisers. So I, I did mention our funding is from members and sponsors. We do have two fundraisers, a spring golf tournament and this fall auction. And we actually sell people. And people raise their eyebrows and say, wow, really? Is that allowed? But uh, oftentimes, vendors have long waits trying to get in to see a CIO or a CTO or some of the decision makers in these large technology companies. And we're able to help that process because we ask the CXOs, meaning it can be a CIO or CTO, uh, who has been trying to reach them all year long? And they give us a long list of vendors, and we call all those people and invite them to buy a table at our auction and come and bid on time with the CXO. And uh, it's a really fun event. It's a great night to see IT professionals in a little bit different light than you might normally see them. We have some of the CIOs at the large employers around town, and they strut their stuff and walk the <laughs> runway, and they get all into it. And the vendors bid on them, and they're guaranteed a minimum of two hours of the CIO's time, although often the CIOs will sweeten the pot and say, I have my entire purchasing team here with me tonight, or I have uh, set up a day for us to go play golf. and Get more than two hours. They get more than two hours. And I follow up every year and say, how did that go, and what has led to business? And I would say in most cases, that did lead to business. So the vendors are 
happy to spend the money because they know that they're accelerating their sales cycle essentially by getting guaranteed time with the CIO that they've been trying to look for. And the CIOs are happy to give us that time and to do that because we put that money towards our programming and scholarship. And so when is this event uh, and where is it taking place? It's November 12th at Stratton Hall down on Broad Street and we have 10 CXOs committed and I think our VIP tables are almost sold out. We might have one left. The VIP table will put a CIO at your table for dinner and then we have a preview with a happy hour and it's dinner and drinks and it's a really, really fun so night. So tickets are still available. Tickets are still available. And how would listeners go and sign up uh, or, or be a sponsor? Yeah, call our office. It's 423-826-8700. And that's Jennifer Walker is in our office and she uh, is our event planner and really does an outstanding job putting together this really fun event. And uh, how would listeners find out more information about um, Chattech as a whole and, and get in touch with you there? Well, for now, our website is ChattanoogaTechnologyCouncil.org. But since that is quite a mouthful and we are in the sta- um, perspective of rebranding, we will be moving to ChattechCouncil.org very soon. We've purchased all the domains. We're in the process of sl- flipping things over. But you can find us at ChattanoogaTechnologyCouncil.org. Yep. And yes, yeah, so you're also on Twitter and that's at ChatTech. C-H-A-T-T-A-T-E-C-H. Right. We're at Chattatech. Chattatech. And we're on Facebook as well and LinkedIn group. Very good. Well, thank you so much, Ron Renee, for joining us. Uh, We're neighbors here, so if we ever get too loud and rowdy over here in the studio, you come knocking on our door. Bang on the wall. Yeah, let us know. (laughs) Uh, But you're welcome back anytime on the program. And if we can help you here at Business Radio X in Chattanooga, Business Radio, get the word out about your organization, please let us know. We'd love to do so. So thank thank you. you. My pleasure. And uh, also joining us um, here uh, is Amanda Carmichael, co-owner of Mace Carmichael, a PR representation firm. So uh, tell me about that. And uh, who are some of your clients? Um, Some of our clients include, uh, we've got an artist, we have boutiques, we have restaurants, um, some schools. Um, So we kind of just ran the gamut of, of different organizations and businesses here in Chattanooga. And we also, like I had mentioned previously, we do have other national clients as well. We've um, are working with a a new website and app that just launched um, just a, like three weeks ago. So um, so that's been exciting. And I fun bet. Too. And yeah. so any industry um, mm-hmm. or organization you're willing to represent. How did the business find you these days? Is it through word of mouth? Are you actively out there marketing? Uh, your services. So one of my favorite sayings is the cobbler's children have no shoes. <laughs> so we are a PR agency who does no PR for oh, themselves. Okay. And uh, so, but like we were talking earlier in Chattanooga, it's a great supportive business community. And we have had tremendous success over the years of um, really relying on our past experiences and clients referring us and and have just been really lucky because it has been a lot of word of mouth. And, and so, yeah, mm-hmm. good work uh, brings more good work. Mm-hmm. And then the word of mouth gets around town. Are you helping businesses just in Chattanooga or are you all over Tennessee or where else? Well, our focus is uh, most of our clients are in Chattanooga, but some of them do have more of a broader reach. Um, one of our clients is based out of Little Rock right now, and they it's a national national reach. We have other clients who are in specific industries who um, have a national reach as well, but it's more of the B2B instead of B2C. Mm-hmm. So it's a lot of trade media and 
um, things like, you know, that just, just specifically in their own industries. I think we can help you with that here at Business Radio <laughs> X. That's kind of what we do. But yeah. uh, uh, certainly we, we align ourselves with a lot of PR agencies all over the country who are looking to help get the word out about their clients and their mission. So mm-hmm. um, if we can help you, please uh, let us know. But you've been in the PR industry for many years prior to uh, starting your own agency. What was that like kind of uh, being an entrepreneur and branching out and starting it all on your own? Well, for one, just being in PR and how it's changed over the past decade, it's, you know, we used to stand at a fax machine and fax press releases, which is just so funny to think back about how we had to fax press releases. Um, And so that's definitely, you know, changed a whole lot. We've seen a whole lot of change in the industry from from just the technology perspective, but also... um, well, I mean, in, then including adding all these new mediums. So with the influx of social media and and being on the forefront of that and trying to to help clients understand what social media is mm-hmm. and then how they can use it for their business. So six years ago when we were starting our agency, that was one of our main focuses because we didn't, people didn't know, people didn't know what to do with Facebook. Yeah, the power just, of social media. Right. And so we have focused really heavily on, on always integrating services. And so it's you know, public relations includes you know, media relations and um, community relations. And, uh, but it's also now there's, there's social media and then there's marketing and advertising and, and everything works together to go along with your business strategy and your sales goals and everything. So, um, but it's been, it's been really fun to see how things have evolved and changed, but the core and the basic PR services are still there and have been for so many years Mm -hmm. and they're just not going to go anywhere. And so it's good that we've got our solid footing in traditional public relations and always keeping an eye out for all those new trends and mm-hmm. the new things that are coming out. Right. And there always is something out there ahead of the cutting edge, whether it be a new social media platform or a new way to get content out to uh, the masses out there. Um, you've got to stay kind of uh, forward thinking yourself mm-hmm. as a representative for these uh, businesses out there. Right. Um, so um, anything you see coming uh, forward in 2016 that may be new or exciting or things that you uh, want to give a try for some of your clients? Well, uh, I guess one of the newest platforms is Periscope. Uh, so that's been a new one that we've been looking at. We've been at using for, that yeah. a little bit. Mm-hmm. So that's one of the newest. And so there's just always there's just always something new. You would think that what else could there be? And yeah. there's going to be something else. So. Right. One of my uh, new favorite social media is Replay app, where you take all your photographs and you put it into a slideshow with music. And so if, uh, you know, it's free and you just put it out there and you mm-hmm. put it on social media. So it's pretty fun to experiment with. But another way to get that word out about your business and your mission so people can find out about right. you. So uh, we're talking with Amanda Carmichael. She's co-owner of Mace Carmichael PR uh, firm here in Chattanooga. And you've been in Chattanooga how long? Been in Chattanooga for about 10 or 11 years. 10 years. What brought you to Chattanooga originally? Uh, my husband is an engineer at TVA. So you followed him here, but so then you liked the city mm-hmm. and decided to stay, right? Yeah, we always thought Chattanooga would be a great place to settle down and have a family. Yep. And so we lived here for about 
I guess, eight, nine years before actually doing starting a family. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> before you decided to go that road. Yeah, so, but, but I see on your uh, bio here, I mean, you got your hands in a lot of different things. You uh, serve on the Leadership Alumni Board, Chattanooga Alumni Association Board. You currently serve as PR Chair for Wine Over Water and Maine uh, Times 24. Is that mm-hmm. how you say it? Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, so tell me about those uh, organizations and what you're doing for them. Well, I think one of the things, and you talked about this earlier too, is just how how easy it is to get involved in Chattanooga. So from the moment that I got in Chattanooga, I was on the founding board for the Young Professional Association of Chattanooga. And immediately, um, I mean, in 2006, I graduated from the Leadership Chattanooga program that's through the chamber and have maintained involvement in that organization and have been on Wine Over Water's planning committee doing PR for Wine Over Water since I moved here. So I've never actually got to a had the chance to attend Wine Over Water. Well, what is that? Regular. I've never heard of it. What um, do you do? It is a really fun wine tasting event that takes place on the Walnut Street Bridge. Okay. So it's a an evening of lots of wine and uh, restaurants sell food, nice. and there are bands, so local musicians play. And it's on the bridge? On the bridge. Okay. Mm-hmm. So, and all those proceeds go to Cornerstones, which is Chattanooga's historic preservation organization. And this this was our 21st year for Wine Over Water. So this was actually the Walnut Street Bridge that was saved by Cornerstones 21 years ago and as a way to showcase the bridge and show what the vision that, mm-hmm. you know, they had for downtown Chattanooga 20 years ago. Uh, and and so it's been going on for for that long. Very nice. When does that take place? What so time? that we just had that. It was. It's usually the the last week in September, first okay. week in October. So you're probably going to start planning for next year pretty soon. Yeah, it's almost a continuous <laughs> yes a continuous thing. So well, very good. So uh, um, um, Amanda Carmichael, co-owner of Mace Carmichael PR Agency, tell our listeners how they can find out more information about you and your organization, please. So our website is macecarmichael.com, and you can follow me on Twitter at A. Carmichael. All right. And uh, I see Mace is Amy Mace, who you Mm co-founded the organization with. So I'd love to have her come on the program one of these days. Maybe you'll both come back in and bring a delighted client with you, someone who has recently used your services and is very happy with uh, how you perform for them. And we'll get some good testimony right here on the air. All right. Well, thank you. And uh, remind our listeners again, you're listening to Chattanooga Business Radio on Business Radio X. Please check out our website at businessradiox.com. And if you want to be a guest or know someone in the industry who would like to be, uh, send us an email and pitch us your story. We'd love to feature them. So now it's time for our headliner. Thank you for being so patient, Mr. Jack Studer. How are you doing? Doing great. All right. So you are with a couple organizations. We'll try to talk about them all here, but let's start off with Chattanooga Renaissance Fund. What is that? So the Chattanooga Renaissance Fund is a Early stage venture capital fund. Um, there's a lot of terms thrown around the industry, angel fund, seed capital. Um, but really what people need to know about it is we look at startup ideas, companies, businesses that are looking for investment. We're typically looking for very high growth potential, um, which means high risk. Um, and we're looking for investments between 50000 and half a million. Okay. So, um, you know, 50000 would be on the earlier end. You know, here's some money. Let's see if we can even get this thing sort of going. And then we'll typically stay with companies with follow-on investments or if we join them a little bit later. 
and sort of have capacity to go up to, you know, around the $500,000 range. Doesn't always end up exactly like that, but that's sort of, those are the brackets of what Chetting Yeah, that's kind of a for. unique niche to be in, that not only mm-hmm. the the price margins, but everything else that you're providing. How did this all come to begin, uh, the Chattanooga Renaissance Fund? What was the uh, impetus behind all this? So, you know, honestly, I think the, the Chattanooga Renaissance Fund is an idea, um, predates a lot of us that are involved with it. Um, the idea, the original idea to do uh, startup early stage investing in this town, if you really want to get historical with it, probably goes all the way back to you know the late 90s. Um, and our now Senator Bob Corker uh, tried to put together um, a group of people to do some investing like that during the 90s, during the dot-com uh, mm-hmm. uh, momentum. And that never really kind of took off. And then we had the dot-com crash. And I think a lot of that stuff sort of turned out of favor. And but the idea itself was such a good idea. It sort of it, it carried on, and so about five years ago, um, some business guys, some of my partners now, so like Charlie Brock and David Bullitz and some of those those guys who'd been around during that time had been in Chattanooga. The idea was still there, and the opportunity seemed right as sort of the general economy was recovering uh, and things were on the uptick. Chattanooga was growing, and so the, they got with the rest of us and sort of looked around and said, who, "Who's who's crazy enough to jump in and do this sort of investing?" So. Five and a half years ago, we started the first Chattanooga Renaissance Fund. We're now on our second fund. Um, and it really was just an, an opportunistic investment vehicle to sort of be like, hey, there's new companies coming to Chattanooga. The timing worked well. EPB had just rolled out the gig network. Um, so we sort of had this growing tech thing in Chattanooga. And, you know, we, we put the fund together. We, we sort of have this great thing. where We, we have a dual mission at, at the Renaissance Fund. We're both, we are an investment fund. We're trying to, you know, we have investors that gave us money. We're taking care of it, trying to make it into more money. But we also have sort of a a civic thing in that, you know, similar, I think, to everybody in this room, we want Chattanooga business to grow. Mm -hmm. Um, Specifically, you know, the the smaller, more high growth companies. Um, You know, we we definitely acknowledge and appreciate some of the true small businesses, you know, the restaurants, the hairdressers, the the, the small businesses. Mm We're typically looking for something with a little bit more growth potential um, that could so, sort of scale. So you end up with a lot of tech in our portfolio. Um, but we're we're seeing that as the place where we can make an impact. But we definitely see that, you know, like Ron Renee said earlier, recruiting people to the town is always tough. And so the better restaurants we can have, the better business environment we can have, the better schools we can have, all of that stuff factors in. And so, you know, we, we get involved, uh, maybe not necessarily with the Renaissance Fund as a vehicle, but all six of us, uh, now seven kind of, um, partners on the Renaissance Fund are heavily involved in a lot of things across town. So it's, it's a really great group of people to work with, um, and have brought some really cool companies to town. So. No, it sounds like it, and definitely good inside information from a man on the streets who knows what's going on in here in Chattanooga. What is different about this town? Are you from the local area, or uh, what brought you to Chattanooga? Yeah, so I, I grew up here um, and went to high school here. Then I left for college and then worked on Wall Street for a little bit, worked out in Silicon Valley for a little bit. And, um, you know, honestly, when I first came back about six years ago, it was just kind of a stop. Um, I finished up one company. Um the economy in 2008, 2009, especially for finance and tech guys, was kind of like, you know what, let's just take a breather. Right. And uh, honestly, came back and planned to live in my parents' lake house, just mm-hmm. kind of kicking it on the lake for a summer, to be honest with you. Sounds good um, to me. Hadn't really taken much vacation in the first decade of my career. So I figured, yeah, well, take a couple weeks. A couple weeks turned into a couple months. Ended up, started meeting people. Uh, the Renaissance Fund was one of the first things I got involved with. Then I got involved with the Access America guys, and then that became Lamp Post, and then there was just so much going on here. 
um, you know, it, it made sense to stay. I, I really honestly never thought it would stay, but now can't imagine that little summer of fate not happening. Yeah, and, you, and, and you're going to be here for a while now because you sounds like you're personally and professionally invested in the business community here in Chattanooga, and I uh, would love to hear that. So talk about Lamp Post. You mentioned that a minute ago. That's another organization you're involved with. What are you guys doing? So Lamp Post is very similar to Chattanooga Renaissance Fund and, and, and started around the same time. Um, it, very complimentary and kind of serves the market a little bit differently. Um, so Lamp Post Group came out of um, Access America. Uh, which which was it still is um, a a large third party logistics company that uh, three guys here in town started. Um, so very large, Ted Alling and Alan Davis were the three three gentlemen, um, no laughing, um, <laughs> that started that company, and it was going really really well. And they then started a couple other companies, um, you know, AT Carriers and Reliance uh, Insurance. And so when when I met them uh, five years ago. They were looking for how do we take this success that have been very fortunate to have and translate that into more business success, um, which literally is, is the definition of venture capital or private equity or how you want to think about it. So at that point, um, you know, they had kind of assembled an all-star team. They had, they had Shelly Prevost on board helping them with you know, everything HR and her original title was the director of happiness and you know, most of your, most of your cost in business is people's. You might as well keep them happy. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then they they had already um, gotten Miller Wellburn on board, and and he sort of provided a little bit of. We're all pretty young, so we needed somebody with some gray hair. I know I have some now, <laughs> but I didn't back then. So Miller was was kind of gave us a lot of credibility that we needed, frankly, um, and a ton of mentoring and and, and advice the, the whole way. So that kind of rounded out the team, and from there, Lamp Post also invests in startup companies. That's where the similarity with CRF exists. Um, but Lamppost takes a much different approach, um, whereas the Renaissance Fund takes a pretty classic write a check, take a board seat, stay on top of the company, stay involved with the companies, but not super hands-on. Lamppost is the opposite end of the spectrum. Lamppost is a place where, you know, we have office space, so you actually, the companies literally come into our, our office building downtown. Um, we're very hands-on. Uh, some of the companies that are now successful and have kind of left the nest probably thought at one point we were a little too hands-on, okay. but, you know, but just like raising a kid, you, you start really hands-on. So when you mean hands-on, you mean you look at their books, your, their marketing strategies, their business development, whatever they have that to grow their business, sure. you're involved in that. Beyond that even, we're okay. not just looking at, we're helping develop. So you're, you're, um, you're, and then we're sitting implementing in the, the ideas that you develop. Yes, we're sitting in the room with them, coming up with the, the initial who's your customer concept, who, who, who are your yeah. first five, ten customers. We have the resources now. We literally... Parts, we have a, a Lamppost Labs, which is an R&D department uh, development shop, basically, within Lamppost. Might actually be building the first prototypes. Okay. Um, so when I say hands-on, I mean really hands-on. No, you're right. Yeah, you guys are um, you know, part of, like, a co-pilot, essentially. Yeah. Sure. And then as the company grows, um, usually we, we like to invest in teams. Mm -hmm. um, and as a team sort of grows up and hits the market, they start to see, well, you know, we only have a pitcher and a catcher. We probably need a first baseman. And then, well, now we need a shortstop. So that's that's where the growth comes from. And the only way Lamppost works is as as hands-on as we are, it's our job to figure out how to get out of the way, right? So to figure out, well, now you need to go hire this person, and now you need to go hire someone for PR, and now you need to you know build the team and sort of get ourselves out of it. Um, so as you can see, and, and I could go on for a long time about that because there's a ton of different angles for all of that, but that is very much a non-traditional startup investor. Right. Um, which, you know, we like, we, we have the, the great fortune that we're not, we don't have outside money. So we're able to kind of 
you know, lamppost, if lamppost doesn't make an investment in one year, that's mm-hmm. okay. Mm-hmm. If lamppost makes 15 investments in one year, that's okay too. Um, a lot of times when you have outside capital, you kind of have a pacing schedule, which is very good. Discipline is good. Don't get me wrong. But for me, I really enjoy the fact that we sort of have your traditional investing at the CRF side and then sort of non-traditional investing on the lamppost side, which means if someone comes with a good idea, we can find them the right resources regardless of what they need, which yeah. is just nice to have that that breadth. That is good. And then another organization that you mentioned at the top mm-hmm. that uh, you're involved with also is called Torch. Yes. How's that? Uh, what are you doing for folks there? So about a year ago, uh, Shelly Prevost and I both kind of came to this conclusion from different angles, her from her family side because she had a problem she needed to solve, and me from a professional side. You know, I'd been an entrepreneur before, um, and investing in and helping other people was very satisfying and is, is great. But at a certain point, I was ready to get back in and roll my sleeves up on one idea and not say goodbye to it when it, you know, you wanted off. to be your baby and right. grow it and, and yes, yeah, see exactly. it off. Right. Uh, sort of like the, uh, the, the kindergarten teacher who wanted to have another one of his own kids. You know, <laughs> right. I, was, I was ready to go back in. Um, so about a year ago, uh, actually about 18 months ago, Shelly had a, a pretty consistent problem with one of her uh, kids. And it's a problem I think a lot of parents have right now with sort of the runner running to eight to 12. Is that kind of the? Yeah, I think that's fair. Yeah, okay. <laughs> uh, well, she knows this story. So um, with Minecraft. And Minecraft is this great piece of technology. If you don't know what it is, it's like an open world video game. You can build castles, you can build towns, you can do whatever you want. But SimCity kind of s, but mm-hmm. even more, much more open than mm-hmm. that. Um, and kids, it just activates this creative creative spark in, in children, but it also activates a little bit of an addictive streak. It's it's almost too good, right? They and can't so, put it down, right? Mm-hmm. They can't put it down, and and that that's one example. And Minecraft gets a lot of it's, it's a great. Great tool. No, I don't have any children myself, but my friends who do talk yeah. to me about it all the time. Right. And they get they gotta tell the kids, time out. Exactly. You're not playing Minecraft right now. But mm-hmm. even though it teaches you and you learn good things, you're right. It it teaches certain behaviors that we need to try to avoid as we grow older. Well, and so so what we realized, and Shelly being on the front lines with a with a son that was playing a lot of Minecraft. And by the way, I'm a video game guy. I still is a thirty plus year old guy, still play video. <laughs> okay. Still excited Halo Five came out last night. Oh, how so. about that? All right. Um but you know, a, a nine-year-old kid does not actually have the developmental capacity in his brain or her brain to say no. Mm-hmm. And it's almost like a, a, you know, if you leave the dog food at home, the dog will just eat all the dog yeah, food. right. Until they get sick. Right. Until they literally get sick <laughs> yeah. and explode. Like, it's like leaving Cheetos out in front of kids. Yeah, duck. They're, they're yeah. just going to eat all the Cheetos. <laughs> yeah. So what this made us realize, uh, and, and, you know, Shelly would come in and complain, and, and I was trying to solve the problem. What we realized is that the internet doesn't have an off button. Mm-hmm. It, it, it doesn't have a pause button. There's not a lot of control. Once you have the internet, you have the internet. And it's it's everywhere and it's everything. Yeah, every waking moment, you could find yourself on the internet. Right. And, you know, I, I think we've all tried to be to polite to each other and not check our phones. But I think everyone's checked their phones during this, which is like, that's just who we are now. That's what happens these days. And so now I have a three-year-old at home who sees me check my phone all the time. I mean, so what are parents supposed to do? Well, well don't get your three-year-old a phone just yet. Yeah. Well, she kind of has her own iPad already. <laughs> okay. But, um, but the, the solution that we've come up with that parents just seem to be loving right now, we launched uh, about a, actually a week ago um, and launched pre-sales and, and already had, you know, hundreds of people already order them and buy them and it's going well. And you can go on a Kickstarter and search for Torch and you can see it there. What it is, is it's a router. But everybody has a router in their home right now. That's what the thing that hands out the Wi-Fi. Mm-hmm. But the problem is they're really powerful. I mean, they, they connect the world to the Internet. They're a very powerful piece of technology. And for someone like myself or, you know, the CIOs at, at the Chattanooga Tech Council, they can make those things dance. They can make them 
turn on and turn off and kick people off and watch where they're going and all that. But it's really hard to do. You almost have to have like a networking engineer mm -hmm. to, to come in and configure it. What we've done is we've taken all of that functionality and wrapped it up in an app so that mom, when it's dinner time, can hit a pause, literally a pause button. And then the internet's paused and everyone comes and has dinner. Okay. It can have a bedtime. Okay. Yeah. And, and really what that is, is parents get stressed out about the internet. They can hit the pause button, take a deep breath, right? That's the first step. Okay. Oh my God. I have a little bit of control back. Then the second step is, is our, our, our router and our suite of software can tell you where your kids are going and can tell you your kids are over at Minecraft all the time or your kids are on the school website. So they're doing homework. Yeah. Like, don't worry about it. Yeah. But the problem is right now, parents don't know any of that. Mm -hmm. All they know is kid is staring at screen and not listening to me. Right. So you pause it, you take a deep breath. Then you look at sort of what they're doing. You can see where your kids are going. And then if, if they're going somewhere they're not supposed to go, you can block that site or whatever. But then our hope is, and what parents really want to do, parents don't want to, they really don't want to put their kids in front of the TV and just say, go away and zone out. They really want to engage. You know, if, if you're, if you're honest about it, I want to go home and have my kid talk to me and play with me. I mean, that's literally the first thing I want to do when I go home. And I feel like a lot of parents feel that way, but what I, what am I going to play Barbie dolls? Yes. Yeah, yeah. I will. I will literally, yeah. I so badly want to spend time with my daughter. I will go home and play Barbie dolls. Okay. But at some point she's going to be somewhere on the internet and I want to engage there, but we don't know where they're going. So if we can help parents engage mm -hmm. with their kids, spend more time with their kids, spend more, I mean, if I knew my kid was playing Minecraft, I would go out and figure out how to play it Yeah. and, and engage with them. And I think that's what a lot of parents do, right. but that it just can cause so much stress that parents are just kind of helpless and not because they're helpless, but because they don't have engineering degrees. So we've simplified it enough. Um, we've simplified it a lot to the point that the average parent, if you know how to send a text message and, and friend somebody on Facebook, you can now be in charge of the internet at your house. Um, uh, so that device is, is for sale now. And we, we have a whole suite of things coming for parents, but really we're trying to fix the problem that the internet and technology has made parenting way too complicated and way too hard. So anybody can buy this uh, app for their wireless router now. It's available to all consumers? Well, it, it's a router. It's not an app. Oh, so it's, but you have an app on your phone that connects right. to that particular router yes. and, and be able to turn it on, turn it off, all that. Exactly. Okay. Yeah, and you can go to you can go to mytorch.com, and you can go up on the top right, and there's a pre-order button. Um, the device is up for pre-order now, so it will deliver in the in Q1 of next year. Okay. Um, we already have, and that, by the way, a lot of people, if you've done pre-orders before, Kickstarter, Indiegogo, a lot of times they they, they say coming next year. We, we already have manufacturing in process. Excellent. We've already had people over to China to check out the factory. It's coming. Uh, first part of next year, it will be here in your hands, and hopefully your household will be a little bit calmer. Now, I have to ask, why the name My Torch? I mean, that doesn't really... First thing I heard was sure. something different. But mm -hmm. When you explained it, it's a fantastic idea, sure. a, a real-world application for it. But but why the name Torch? So the name Torch is, you know, it's part of our jobs as parents to explore and show our kids where to explore. I see. And so the Internet's kind of a – it can be an overwhelming and, and some people think a dark place sometimes. And so what we're trying to do is give the parents the torch they need so they can light the way. Now it makes sense. Yeah. Uh, perfect. Yep. Uh, it's great. Uh, so Jack Studer, he is doing it all here in Chattanooga. If you uh, listeners want to find out more information about yourself or one of your many organizations, how would they do so? Well, uh, so you, you can follow me on Twitter. Uh, it's just at Jack Studer, S-T-U-D as in David, E-R. Um, but if you want to find out more about Torch, you can go to mytorch.com. Okay. 
and then, you know, from, from my Twitter, you can see everything that I'm involved in. Right. And uh, if you're on LinkedIn as well, people can find you on yep. LinkedIn. All the connect, normal places. Yeah, connect with you there. So, um, and also Lamp Post Group. Don't forget about them. He's also involved heavily there. So find them on Facebook. But, you know, find Jack Studer out there on the social media world, and then he will point you into the right direction where you can get some more information about him and his organization. So uh, thank you so much, Jack, for taking your time out today. I know you're a busy man. You probably got a lot of work today, and then you got to go home and play Barbies. So we know that you're a busy guy, but thank you again for joining us here on Chattanooga Business Radio. And thank you to all of our guests for joining us, and thank you to all of our listeners for being loyal followers and uh, reaching out to us on the social media platforms. Um, if your business is out there doing something interesting to generally serve your market, your community, and your profession, reach out to us directly on the website, businessradiox.com, and pitch us your story. Thank you to Stone Payton and Lee Cantor for making all this happen. And on behalf of the entire Business Radio X network, I'm Ryan Redhawk McPherson. We will see you on the radio.